From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast as we come to you from Mobile Unit 3. I love to kind of tell people where we're recording these because sometimes we're on... Mobile Unit 3? Yes, yes. Is that what you call your car? That's what I'm calling this car. It's not. It's too old and beat up to be Mobile Unit One, and Mobile Unit Two just seems like a little pretentious. So, fair enough. Going with well, three. It's certainly a company car now. It's a company car. You're working because in the we're car, recording right? a podcast in it. Yeah, Is that right? I think so. Um, if they want to take control of the uh, or the maintenance on this, that would be just fine. Because <laughs> by the looks of the car, it's probably already paid for. Oh, you. <laughs> The only the only thing that is a challenge Sorry. right now. Sorry, no, it, it's been a good car for me. The only, sure. I'm just trying to get it to 200,000 miles, which I'm creeping up on pretty quickly it, here. It's, it's been it a good it. car Does because you've had it since you were 16. <laughs> it feels like it. Uh, listen, just try to be frugal, okay. Mark. You know, I know, smart. Man. I'm not throwing around all my signing bonus. Smart man, who you would know? do such a thing? Uh, it reminds me of one of your teammates, who um, I think I know. Do you know the story I'm going with? I'm going to throw out a name. I could be wrong. Okay. Quentin New Year. Oh, no. But I, what's Remember that one? I, know, I remember Quentin well. Quentin yeah. New Year K-State. had a truck uh, that was old as dirt. Yeah. And uh, it was so bad. He's in Florida, obviously. He's in Jacksonville. This truck doesn't have air conditioning. Oh, no. It got so bad to the point, after talking to Quentin for months and months, we almost got to the point where we're all going to chip in and buy Quentin a car. <laughs> <laughs> or like a window unit to put in. Who, who's, your, who's your story? I was going to say Tony Brackens. Mm-hmm. Brackens, yeah. who, sh- who showed up in a, with his green Toyota, Yep. and after he was let go by the Jaguars, drove away in the green Toyota. <laughs> put all his money into a ranch, I think, yes, in, he in did. Texas. Yes, so he did. I, have not, I put all my money into uh, ranch dressing, which is very similar. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit as we get closer and closer to the draft. Um, about what has been accomplished by the Jaguars this offseason. Because philosophically, I think the Jaguars would make a case that they have accomplished what they wanted to so far in terms of free agent player acquisition. I'm not sure I would totally go along with their uh, assertion. And tell me if you agree with this. To me, what they have done is they've they've found a quarterback. Without a doubt, they've got a guy who they who can be a better than serviceable NFL quarterback. Yes. The other areas that they've addressed, they've got a guy, a wide receiver, Chris Conley, who I think um, will play and make some plays for them. I don't see him as a number one. I don't see him as a guy who's going to be going to the Pro Bowl, anything like that. Uh, They have not addressed right tackle or tight end with anything more than guys who are and I'm going to use a baseball analogy here. Sometimes you call a guy a quadruple A player because he's not necessarily a big leaguer, but he's too good when he goes down to triple A. And you know, right. they've got a bunch of sense. of of quadruple A NFL starters. Like they're not really, oh, that's our starter. But it's well, if we need to, he could maybe play there. Yeah, hoping for the best. Hoping for the best. Uh, and then they have gotten some depth behind Leonard Fournette here this past week with Alfred Blue and with Cunningham. Benny Cunningham. So, but again, if Fournette goes down, are you comfortable with either one of those guys being your starters? I think they've got they've gotten a lot of professional football players, but not necessarily 
professional stars. I think the word is hope. I think they're hoping for the best for these with these tight ends and these guys that and you call them. What was it? Quad, quadruple A. Quadruple A. Yeah. I would go so far as to say these guys, for the most part, that they've added are backups. Yeah. Okay. That will be, in all likelihood, thrust thrust into a starting role at some point. Yeah, which doesn't really answer, other than giving you options, it doesn't necessarily answer the question of who's your blank. Right. At, if, at quarterback, you, obviously. You, who's your quarterback? You your it's guy. Nick Foles. Yep. Who's your left tackle? If healthy, it's Cam Robinson. Yep. Who's your left guard? It's going to be, and again, hope that he plays better than he did than last he did year. Last Andrew, year. Norwell. Andrew yes. Norwell. Who's your center? If he's healthy, Brandon Linder. Yep. Who's your right guard? J.J. Can he stayed healthy? He stayed healthy. Probably the reason why he's back because he he really a solid player, solid player, not a star by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. So I, again, I continue to look at what they've accomplished, and I think, okay, is this because those top players at these other positions didn't want to come to Jacksonville? Is it because they spent too much on Nick Foles and couldn't get into the bidding with those, or? Were there truly no other better options out there at some of these positions? Yeah, I, we won't get the answer to that, of course, but we have what we have right now. And and listen, Cole, I, I'm I'm concerned. We've we've talked about it on this on this podcast before. You have a good quarterback. Uh, will he be great? That's our hope. I don't know if we'll ever put him in the elite category. That would be great. He certainly has had elite moments. A phrase that I've used, but he's not an elite quarterback at this point. So if you don't have an elite guy. Uh, a top five guy in the NFL, a guy that can really make the guys around him a lot better. Um, maybe that's Nick Foles. We'll wait and see. But if you're going to bring Nick Foles, uh, you've got to have a very good supporting cast. And that's what he had when he was at his best. That's what he had when he won the Super Bowl. Um, so I think we're, I'm concerned. I think we're a long ways off from having guys around Nick Foles that could, that could really play at a high level. We were talking about this this week in the sports office. Um, we're going to start on the 15th, Monday, rolling out our uh, draft coverage online. Uh, we'll have at least one or two things every day on the, the Jaguars draft preparations. One of the articles we're going to have early on is the Jaguars draft needs. And there is some disagreement between Justin Barney and Brian Jackson and myself about what the Jaguars biggest draft needs really are right now. Give me your thoughts. What What are the Jaguars' biggest draft needs heading into this year's draft? I think the biggest needs are on the offensive side of the ball, um, obviously. It doesn't mean with that seventh pick we won't pick a, a defensive player. I think that's a long shot. I think going into this draft you have to address some holes that you have on the offense. And two positions specifically, a tight end, it's a good tight end draft, and right tackle. Um, I would be surprised with that seven pick if they picked anybody uh, outside of those two positions. Uh, the further we get down this, the more I think about it. I think they need to uh, get a good tackle, and I, I would love to see a tight end that is not a one-dimensional tight end, um, a guy that can do more than one thing. He can run routes, uh, he can catch the ball, and of course, uh, in our offense, in the Jaguar offense, a guy that can block. I think that's much needed if, in fact, we're going to continue with Philosophy, huge question. Um, then you you got to have a guy uh, in line tight end that can be physical, that can block, where you're not afraid to run in his direction and not away from him. 
I wish we had the answer to what their philosophy is truly going to be. I, you know what? It remains to be seen. It, it, it's, it's hard to uh, hard to imagine Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone departing from what they know to be true, that you win with good defense, a solid running game. You've got a quarterback that, uh, you know, at the end of the game can win you a couple games. I think they have that in Nick Foles. But I think this is going to be a run-centered offense. I think it has to be based on where the talent is. Yeah, I mean, if you go through the receivers who we have right now, I think you you know you, we use that word hope. You're hoping these young receivers take that next step. Um, you're hoping Didi gets better, and and Keelan gets better, and guys that uh, you know have have been young. You hope that Marquise Lee gets back healthy to where he could be your number one guy. Is he a number one guy? Well, you know what? At this point, he's probably our number one guy, and so. Um, so we'll see. Again, I get back to I've got a few concerns, and we'll see how this plays out. I have more than a few concerns, to be quite honest with you. I'm being real conservative and I, safe. I know. You're, they might not let me in the, in the stadium if I if I uh, <laughs> go beyond just to being just concerned. I mean, listen, it's not hard to back up with some facts why a greater level of concern is, Very true. is there. Um, again, it's you, – you said hope, and – when we start, and I think we've had this conversation, when you start laying out the best-case scenarios for each player, best-case scenario, D.D. Westbrook builds on what he did last year as an 80-catch, 1,100-yard, eight-touchdown kind of year, something like that. Uh, D.J. Chark takes that step that a lot of receivers take between the first and the second mm-hmm. year. Uh, Chris Connolly uh, continues to be a guy who makes a difference in the red zone and on third downs, and um, uh, he and Foles develop some chemistry. Uh Leonard Fournette is healthy all year long. The offensive line gives Foles protection, stays healthy uh, for the most part. And if they have to play somebody, you know, Tyler Shatley can go in here and play there, or or you can, you know, mix and match for a game or two. Josh Wells can go in and play some, whatever that may be. But all these things are best-case scenarios. Right. There is nothing in life with that many variables that always turns out as the best-case scenario. Uh Things are not going to go perfectly all the way across the board. One of the big questions I have is, is Nick Foles the type of quarterback who can raise people above their level? Right. An old Tom Coughlin phrase is playing above the X's and O's. Yep. Is he that kind of quarterback, and is he on a game-in and game-out basis going to be the type of guy who does that? If he is, I think this can be a playoff team for the Jaguars. If he's not, I think... Vegas is probably pretty close to the number I would think about, which is an eight-win season. You know, you think about Nick Foles, uh, you know, in, uh, on your point, I think it's a very good one because I think Nick Foles was a guy in Philly that because of his, the guys around him, they made him better. I don't think Nick Foles made the guys around him better. I think the fact that he was in a really good system that he was familiar with, um, good play go- caller, good schemes, creative, aggressive. Um, I think because he was in that system surrounded by some dynamic players, I think they made him better. Well, now Nick Foles is coming to a place where he has to um, make the guys around him better. I don't know if he can do that. I hope he can. What does it take for a quarterback to be that kind of a player? There's not a lot of them. There's not a lot of them. And and that's those are the guys that fall into that elite category. And it's easy to rattle them off. Tom Brady at the top of the list. It's Drew Brees. It's Aaron Rodgers. Guys, hey, hey, you know what? Give me anybody. 
not anybody, but you know what I mean. Just give me my guys. I'm going to make that make them better. It goes beyond the ability to throw, uh, your intelligence, um, your resolve, all that stuff. Some guys just have that. And uh, and listen, I, I'll be completely honest. I wasn't that guy. I benefited from having a Keenan and a Jimmy and a Kyle Brady, and the list goes on. On Fred and and uh, you know the offensive line. Uh, there aren't a lot of guys like that. And the guys that are around, well, you know what? They're the ones that have thrown for 60,000 yards and have a Super Bowl ring, and, and uh, uh, they're, they're hard to find. I'm going to test your modesty here a little bit. Okay. Can Nick Foles be, for the Jaguars, for the next two, three, four years, what you were for the Jaguars? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think he can. And will we see that in year one? Um, that's what we're talking about. That's a long shot. But listen, they they have a plan. But that plan with Nick Foles in place isn't just about 2019. You've got to think long term. I've got this guy for three, four years, hopefully more. But in that time, we need to continue to build around him. I think the, the focus will always be on defense. Um, but as we as we go, um, you know, you've got to find some dynamic players around him to to eventually, you know, in Year two, year three, year four of Nick Foles, you're making a run of the Super Bowl. All right, we just talked about best-case scenarios. Let's talk about the other end of the spectrum. Let's say this year things don't go as intended for the Jaguars, and Foles is okay, but they, he doesn't get a lot of help around him on the offense. The defense um, doesn't play up to the 2017 standard, maybe something around the 2018 standard. It's okay, but they wind up winning six or seven games, miss the playoffs, and don't finish the season strong. I could tell you what I think is going to happen. I, you, I, I bet we, we agree on well, this. Well, I, th- I think if that's the case, if they win six, seven, maybe even eight and miss the playoffs, I think we're going to find some new leadership yeah, coaching and I, this team. And so, and to my, I was sort of thinking along those same lines. If that happens and they decide to bring in, rather than an old school running game defense kind of mentality, they try to go modern NFL. Right. Is Nick Foles the kind of quarterback who can play that modern NFL kind of style and win with moderate talent around him? I think he can. Um, I think we saw that to a degree in Philly. Um, um, I think that's probably best suited for him. Um, do you want Nick Foles to throw 40 times? Probably not. But if you had to, I think you know I think you could do a lot worse. Um, that's hard to say. I think we're going to learn a lot this year uh, about what will happen after this year. But uh, gosh, just a, again, a, a lot of concerns, a lot of question marks, a lot of speculation. Yeah. And we started this off talking about the Jaguars' offseason and their moves and how it was going to impact the draft. So let's get back to the draft side of things rather than continuing to break down Nick Foles, which we'll have plenty more time to do. Oh, of course. We've just touched on that. Uh, briefly um, at number seven and even in the second and third round where you think you can draft somebody who can play at some low at some role at some level here this year if the Jaguars drafted two defensive players and one offensive player would that bother you it would okay yep if they draft one defensive player and two offensive players does that bother you doesn't bother me okay. I think in, I think in round one we're going to get a right tackle I think in round two we're going to find one of those good tight ends and uh, after in round three, I think we'll get a defensive player. So that's that's your expectation. You you believe that right tackle almost certainly the guy who fits there is Juwan Taylor. Yep. You can look at the guy at Washington State. Yep. But um, you think Juwan Taylor 
you're you're really sold on that, on that as the Jaguars. That's guy. Ex- that's that's how I think it's going to go. Okay, and then second round again, Irv Smith maybe yep. from Alabama, one of those level of, of tight end. If that was the case, and we talked last time out about the possibility of a defensive player being the first pick for the Jaguars, um, which I, by the way, still think is a chance. Yeah, that, no, you're I, right. The more I, the the further we get down the road here. That's a possibility. And by the way, one of the things we're going to be doing on newsforjacks.com coming up here is laying out uh, the top seven most likely players the Jaguars will choose from and then uh, make our kind of uh, predictions a little bit later on um, You know, with, with in terms of, of, of who the Jaguars are going to draft. Um, if it goes defensive lineman, then followed up by a tight end and a tackle in the, in the second, third round. You're okay with that too? Well, uh, uh, ask me in a year. <laughs> ask me 12 months from now and I'll tell you how it goes. Listen, first All right, round were you okay with the Jaguars drafted a defensive lineman last year in the first round? <laughs> no, I wasn't. Yeah. I, I never, I've, I'm still not happy about that one. Um, it's hard to say. First round picks, they're so risky. Uh, most of them are 50-50. You really don't know. Um, you know, I would be con- I would be concerned if if we did get Nick Foles and we were going to go after a young kid. Um, but as you know, if you did, that's going to take time. That's two or three years down the road, and they the Jaguars were certainly not going to do that. All right, let everybody know what you're going to be doing draft week because I think this is very interesting. Uh, last year, you made one of the picks. Yep. This year, I actually made the pick. Made I decided. The, you decided. No, I didn't just. T- I just decided. You Walked said, the, "Listen, yeah, right. we're taking DJ Chark. That's exactly this is the way right. it's going to be. I'm a quarterback. I want a fast wide receiver. <laughs> Give me that guy." You announced the pick. Uh, this year, Fred Taylor and Josh Goby will be announcing the second and third round picks, and then DD yep. Westbrook will announce the fourth round pick from London with a fan. Uh, so you won't be announcing a pick. What will you be doing though up in Nashville? So the NFL has done a very good job of trying to connect um, former players with the the next bright stars in the NFL. So I'll be back. I think they call it the green room, just getting to know these guys, shaking hands, and introducing myself. And uh, just like the combine, where we work with the quarterbacks, be a resource, answer questions, offer any advice. You just get to know these guys and. and uh, um, you just start the process to let them know, hey, listen, you're about ready to step into something really special, and it really is a brotherhood. Whether you played 20 years ago, or you're just about to, you know, get on a brand new team. So, uh, myself, there will be, uh, oh gosh, there'll be 10 other former guys around doing the same thing, just getting to know them and their families, welcoming them to the NFL, congratulating them, celebrating them, and, and just. You know, being through the process on on day one with these guys, and you have been spending some time around some of the guys who will be drafted this year uh, with the uh, uh, work you did with the Senior Bowl and yep. um, uh, East West Shrine Game and so forth. Uh, anybody who you think um, that you've had exposure to could be a Jaguars pick. You know what? I think uh, you know I've worked predominantly, ob- you know, obviously with the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, um, I think down the road, uh, I would be surprised if the Jaguars took one with the in the fourth or the fifth or what you know a late round quarterback. I think it's smart. I agree with you, Cole. You've said this multiple times. Hey, let's pick a quarterback every year and, and uh, let's just hope for the best and see yeah. how. It not plays in the first out. round necessarily. No, 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 just, no not in the first point. round. But at yeah. some point, let's grab a kid and see how he plays out. And, and uh, um, but there's a few guys. One one kid that really. Uh, uh, popped at the uh, combine for me was the Gardner Minshew kid, mm-hmm. the Washington, Washington State, State kid. Mm-hmm. A- asked some great questions, great personality. 
Uh, I thought he threw well. I think thought he did everything really well. I wasn't in the interview process with him, but a, a kid like that that that's perhaps not going to go in the first, you know, first round, second round down the road a bit. I think he he could be a good addition, but. Gosh, you just don't know. It's hard to draft a quarterback in the first round. It's hard to draft a quarterback in any round because there's a lot of unknowns. If the Jaguars draft a quarterback in the fifth round, uh-huh. the expectation would be he's going to be on this roster. Absolutely. Are you yep. going to carry three quarterbacks? Well, I think ideally and what you see a lot of teams doing is, you, you know, obviously you have to have two active uh, on game day, and you hope that you can, you know, you can put them on that developmental squad, the practice squad, mm-hmm. The, the problem with that is if he shows anything in the preseason games and, uh, listen, a, a team out there can can just snag him from you. You, know, you put him on the practice squad, I mean, it's it's wide open. Any team can grab him. They have to put him on the active roster. So there's always the risk of that. But but uh, you don't see a lot of teams these days going with three guys on the active roster, having three on game day ready to go. Would you be okay with having a rookie fifth-round pick as the backup quarterback for the Jaguars in 2019? No, I don't feel good about that. It yeah. takes, I, I just don't. It, it, it just takes too much time. If you're a fifth-round pick, you're a fifth-round pick for, the, for a reason. You're not ready to play. It's, you need to develop. You need some time. And uh, um, I think it's smart with Nick Foles um, being your guy. You, every team, regardless of who the starter is, you have to have a guy, preferably a guy that has some experience, a guy that if – gets thrust into a situation that could be tough, can manage, um, hold down the fort, make good decisions, not turn it over. It's the very reason the the New Orleans Saints held on to Teddy Bridgewater. We got to have a guy. Drew's, you know, Drew's 84 years old. We got a guy to step in if he gets beat up. So you got to have a qualified backup uh, on every team. The problem is, Cole, there's not a lot of those guys. There's just not a lot of good, solid backups in the league. Let me ask the other question. Are you okay with going into the 2019 season with Cody Kessler as the backup? You know what? Because he has experience now, you certainly can do a lot worse. Um, I'm not uncomfortable with it. Um, You know, is he going to win you games? Is he going to go out there? Let's say Nick Foles gets hurt in week four. Out of the next 12 games, is is he going to win you eight of them? Probably not, Cole. Um, But, again, you could do a lot worse. I love that he's gotten experience I love that because of that experience, if thrust into that situation, he's going to be more comfortable. I'd like to do better, um, but uh, if that was the case, I think I'm okay with it at this point. All right. We've got a lot of what-ifs. That's a lot of what, what the offseason is all about. Next week, by the way, here on Teal the Podcast, we're going to hold our mock draft. Uh, Justin Barney will join us, and we will be doing a top 10 mock draft. I don't think it, we need to get delving too much deeper than that as far as Jaguars fans are concerned. But we're going to hold a mock draft, and um, and we'll put that on the podcast. I think it's going to be interesting to see. We're going to talk about each of those teams ahead of the Jaguars and then right after the Jaguars, what their needs are, where they may go, and uh, and what pick they will make as a result. And we'll see if, indeed, Jawan Taylor is the guy for the Jaguars, as has been the most commonly mocked player for the Jags, or if maybe it's a defensive lineman or... I won't say quarterback. Zero percent chance the Jaguars get <laughs> quarterback in the first round. So you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's no chance that the Jaguars draft a quarterback in the first round. Fair enough. All right. Uh, remember, you can uh, subscribe to Teal the Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Also found out, by the way, you can ask your connected device to play Teal the Podcast 
Some of them will, I haven't tested them all, some of them will play Teal the Podcast right there on your smart speaker at home. Wow. How about that? Technology. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Or a terrible thing, depending on how you feel about this <laughs> podcast. So for Mark Brunel, uh, I want to thank you for joining us. And you can always find Teal the Podcast on newsforjacks.com under the sports tab. We'll talk to you next week with our mock draft right here on Teal the Podcast.